This week's feature Reddit post is why does personal finance Canada concentrate on trying to be super frugal to save money when we should really be focusing on increasing our income? Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And this week, we're talking about the Reddit post, why does Personal Finance Canada concentrate on trying to be super frugal to save money when we should really be focusing on increasing our income? And this is a great question. I mean, if you think about personal finance, it's really a double-edged sword. It's It's earn as much money as you can and spend as little money as you can, right? That's how you get financially ahead. So it's a great question. And I'm, okay, I'm not going to give the solution away here at the beginning (laughs) of the the episode, but I have a, you know, I have a, a, a mindset or a theory on this, but I do agree with the post. This, this subreddit, there's a lot of focus on, on saving money, being frugal, uh, doing things on the cheap, uh, you know, people are saying, you know, uh, I see a lot of posts on used cars and buying stuff secondhand. And I do see some posts though on, you know, how do I ask for a raise or how do I, how do I navigate getting an increase in pay? Or some people are talking about career changes. I mean, all that's tied to, uh, increasing your income, right? The people aren't changing their careers to, to make less money. So I, I think, there, this person probably is is very focused on on income, and I I'm gonna say it changes from week to week, month to month. But I will say recently there has been a lot of posts on being frugal, and I think it might have to do with the the rate of inflation at the moment. Like inflation is going through the roof, uh, like it has is I think it's at a 30 year high for Canada. So a lot of people are focused on cutting their their costs or keeping their costs in check so inflation doesn't get get out of hand in their personal finances. So before we get into the rundown, so looking at this post in in greater detail and, and really diving into what it really kind of talks about, I'll just break go through the the show segments you can look forward to uh, to to hearing this episode as always. So we have the segment, the first segment, the rundown. That's where we give our opinions about the post. We have the next segment, the link, and this is where we reflect on our personal experiences. We then have our third segment, the upvote, and this is where we read some of our favorite comments. And lastly, the the final segment, the solution, is where we offer up practical takeaways. And if you're new to Simple Money Solutions podcast. Trevor and I are, are, have been in the podcast space for the last five years with Simple Money Solutions, but we're back with the Reddit edition, looking at the subreddit, Personal Finance Canada, and re- relevant posts that are being posted by you on, on this platform. So in their first segment, uh, the, and again, this post actually is just a title, just as we read. So there's, there's not much to this post, but as Trevor kind of alluded to, there there is a lot going on with this question alone so as we as we step into the rundown section giving giving our opinions of the post and giving our thoughts on the post I mean you you kind of write up and and said that this subreddit focuses a lot on the frugality side of it um but but in your opinion is the equation actually a 50 50 equation or do you think it leans percentage wise one way or the other uh, just with respect to making it financially. So, you know, most people, 
they don't make a lot of money early in their working life. They, you know, that's when they make the least amount of money. Hopefully that's the case for everybody. I mean, if it worked out the other way around, you made the least amount at the end, that, 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 that would be not, not a great outcome. So you, you generally, you start it with education and no experience in the workplace. And you, you're paid, hopefully, the, the least amount you'll ever be paid. And as you gain experience, you, you add value to what you bring to an organization and you get paid more money. And as you become more and more experienced, you, you tend to earn more and more money. Maybe you get promotions, you become a manager, you make more money. And that, that path is often, is, it's restricted by time, right? Time is, like people want three to five years of experience. Well, you can't manufacture three to five years of experience. You, you, you got to put in the three to five years to get the experience. <laughs> so in the meantime, while you're getting the, that experience, the only other lever you have to pull in your financial life is to be frugal. And in my experience has been, I pull that lever in my 20s and on how to really scrimp and save and buy buying groceries is an example. Well, once I start making more money, why would I let go of that lever? Why wouldn't I keep being frugal and money conscious in buying my groceries? Like, why, why would I stop doing that just because I made more money? The idea of personal finance is to end up with more money than you spend, like to, to earn more money than you spend. So you don't want to inflate your lifestyle. So I think you should always be focused on being frugal, even super frugal, as the post says, because that can only help you when you earn more money. So the, there's no downside to being frugal unless it makes you miserable. If being frugal makes you miserable, it's called being cheap. <laughs> that, that, there's a difference between being frugal and being cheap. Being frugal means you found a life hack to save you money and you're loving every minute of it. And I, there's a bunch of those that I love. And you read a lot of these subreddit posts, and there's people that just, they, they just get a huge high off of figuring out how to save money, you know, beating, beating the, the life and, and figuring out a way to do it cheaper. If you, if you do that and you are miserable doing it, like for instance, I like used cars. I buy used cars and it's a lot of effort to buy a used car. But when I get a really good used car, I'm on top of the world for months, maybe even years. In fact, you know, here's the story. I bought a, I needed a suit. I, my suit I had, it was a, it had, it had, the pants had pleats and I, I was the last person to find out pleats weren't a thing anymore. So my suit was, it looked old. It was dated. The pleats really gave it away. I actually had to keep the jacket on regardless of the temperature <laughs> to hide the pleats. My, that was an instruction from my wife. So I needed a new suit and I don't wear a lot of suits and I, I don't, I don't really even like wearing this. I don't, I don't like suits, but I need, you need a suit. If you want to go to a wedding, funeral, a special occasion, you need a suit. Well, I went and found a suit at Value Village and it turned, it's the nicest suit I've ever owned. I, I would have settled for any suit, but this is a, it was a beautiful suit. Fit me perfect. I didn't have to get any alterations done. It was just like it was made for me. And every time I put that suit on, I'm just beaming. And it's not because I look good in the suit, People have told me I do, but it's, that's not why I'm beaming. I'm beaming because I got this thing for $35. It's a $300 suit. I looked it up. I got it for $35. And I am, every time I put that on, I'm just on top of the world. Now, if 
is shopping for that suit. I enjoyed, you know, the hunt. I enjoyed doing that. And I, I enjoy wearing it. If, if shopping for a suit at Value Village is, is misery, if you hate that experience, and then every time you put the suit on, all you think about is all the grunt work that had to go into Value Village and thrift shops looking for a suit. It would just bring back bad memories. If that's your outcome of wearing a secondhand suit, then you doing that makes you cheap. Me doing it makes me frugal. I love that suit and I hope it never goes out of style. I'm sure one day pleats will be back in and my suit will be outdated, but thank goodness pleats are still out. But if if that suit made you miserable, then and but you still wore it to save money, then you're just cheap. You are a cheap, cheap person. And cheap people, you know, they're miserable to be around. So if that's the difference between cheap and frugal. And so I, I want to say, I, I, I'm, I'm on a rant on a soapbox. I'm a really big soapbox actually tonight. Um, so don't be cheap. So if being frugal, if you don't like the subreddit posts that talk about frugality, then move on. Find the one where it talks about negotiating a raise. But I think if you, I think you have to work both edges of this. And while, while you're waiting to get your experience, to get your income up, to develop, develop the working skills, to make more money, why not be frugal in the, in the meantime? And then use that frugality later in your life. So that, I don't know, what do you think, Courtney? Is, 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 is this subreddit too focused on frugality? Or does frugality, it, should it be put placed on some sort of pedestal? Well, I, 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 before I answer that, I do want to, I do want to note that, um, what you were saying around getting the experience and the income coming is, is actually already, um, kind of touching on some of the key comments uh, I want to touch on in the upvote. So I'm really, I'm looking forward to getting to that. And, and I'm also looking forward to, to reflecting more on your personal experiences in our, in our next section, the link, cause I do have a little bit more to unpack when we, when we do move on to that segment, but Overall, though, I I do agree with you. I think, and th- this is this is what I want to kind of throw in, if if I can uh, take the microphone over uh, metaphorically. But it, it's it's the fact that I think, and I'd like your thoughts on this, Trevor. But I think there's this idea that if if you are going to be a part of maybe Personal Finance Canada, if you're if you're going to um, take take a spot in in the subreddit or even claim to be interested in personal finance that you have to be super frugal and I don't know if this is an analogy but they there's a there's the kind of the extreme couponers if, if you coupon you can't just be a couponer you have to be an extreme couponer and it's it's kind of I kind of get the same sense that if you're part of this if you're an avid part of this this subreddit you have to kind of be all in you have to be super frugal you have to be doing everything in, in a very kind of extreme way and, and focusing maybe on what people think you should be focusing on when it comes to personal finance. So it's kind of that idea of what you think you should be looking at. That's a good point. So you thinking if you're saying some people think if you're going to be frugal, you're going to be all in frugal everywhere. Or yeah. And, or if you're, if you're going to be interested or even hold a, hold a, a space in the personal finance community, you frugality has to be kind of top priority. So let's just say you're a truck guy. Let's just say you're a truck person and you have an affliction for $65,000 trucks. Then you might drive that around and people say, oh, that guy's not frugal. He, he's, he's driving a $65,000 truck. He, he knows nothing about frugality. 
but maybe some other aspect of their life, they're super frugal, making up for that $65,000 truck fetish. Well, I, th- I think you just need to be frugal in the areas of your life that where you don't feel like you're being cheap. And so if, if driving a fancy vehicle is important to you, then driving a, a used junker would make you cheap. So don't, don't do that. Don't be cheap. F- figure out the areas of life where you can be frugal and enjoy it and go all in on that. But you don't have to be frugal in every aspect of your life. Some people are, I, I love technology. I, to a fault, I love technology. I watch YouTube videos about the latest Apple products. In fact, I like Apple products on top of technology. I specifically really like Apple products. Well, that's one expensive cult to belong to. <laughs> so you you would not look at my, my MacBook Pro, M1 MacBook Pro, anybody that knows that. I got the Apple Magic Mouse in one hand. I got one of these wireless Apple keyboards in front of me. And I got an iPhone and I got AirPod Pros. That's not frugal. That's not frugal at all. There's nothing frugal about this. This is this is an expensive cult. I'm all in. But I drive a really cheap used vehicle. I take um, very economical vacations. I live in a very modest home. I don't have fancy furniture. Uh, I have a 12-year-old television. I drive a thir- I ride a 13-year-old mountain bike. I, but I'm not complaining about those things. I love all those aspects of my life because I know I'm, I'm the frugality there. But when it comes to my tech, my technology, I love technology. So I, I'm not all in on frugality, but I've reached financial independence um, somewhat early in life. And my the, the thing is, you can't be, you can't, I, I can't be a tech guy. I can't be a truck guy and I can't be a fancy house guy. Like you can't have it all. You got to pick your spots. If, if you want to get ahead financially so that I, I agree with what you're saying. You, I, well, I disagree with you saying you don't have to be all in on everything. You got to pick the things that are important to you, but you got to be reasonable. Like you can't, you can't, you can't have everything. You got it. There has to be trade-offs. No, absolutely. And two questions that, that kind of come to mind based on what you just said and uh, well, uh, one to kind of get your thoughts on, but would you say though that at some level or at some level anyone who is aiming for early financial independence at some level needs to adopt frugality um, and, and 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 embrace it as a part of their their goal to achieving that early financial independence I think you do need to embrace uh, an element of frugality in a significant financial aspect of life for you, you almost have to be all in for, for the full length of your life. Like you just say you're into the $65,000 trucks, then you better not be into, um, the home and garden channel and, and all the home renovations that go on there and a new kitchen every five years. You, you got to pick your spots, right? So I, I think you, you do have to be in on, like, so technology is a, a pretty small piece of life financially. Like, you, you could lose your mind, but generally speaking, you, you know, you're not talking about thousands of dollars. In fact, it, just say the iPhone, it only comes out once a year. So the worst I can do is buy a new iPhone every year, right? It's not like I can go buy one every week or every month. So there's kind of, and they don't come up with these new MacBooks every, you know, year. It's every couple of years. So 
there's kind of limit there's built-in restraints on that I, fetish Trevor, I, but i'm just laughing but, right now because i'm like I, this just sounds like a lot of justification <laughs> <laughs> there is some justification over there but but the i'm talking you know vacations houses vehicles those things you chances are you need to be frugal on on one of those three things because you any one of those three can get away on you and cost you a fortune right so i think you probably think of it as a three-legged stool or i don't know if that works here but you, you you probably need to be frugal on two of those and you can go in all in on, on one of the, on the third one so uh, there could be some other aspect of life that i'm not thinking about but you 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 need to be frugal on some of the significant things in life. And I think that's, I'm going to say, call it entertainment, houses, and vehicles. You probably need to be frugal. If you really want to be independent, financially independent early, and I will put a big emphasis on early in life, you probably need to be frugal on two out of three of those things to really make a difference. And that's given a, a, a above average income. So, so just to confirm, you, you have to, you have to embrace frugality at some level because I, I'm just circling back earlier on the show, you were saying that if, if frugality is not your thing, focus on the income. But I, I, I guess I, I just want to confirm that you do agree that frugality is a very key pillar for early financial independence at any level. And that's kind of why probably it comes up so much in, in this space. Well, no, I, I didn't say if you're not into frugality, focus on income. I, I didn't say that. I said, well, you're waiting to get your experience and in, in add value to an organization where they're willing to pay you a, a bigger income, you might as well be frugal in the process. Okay, okay. So j- like, just focusing on that side of it, well, well it makes most sense. Like it, it, there's no cost to you becoming frugal on cars while you're building your resume to earn more money. You know, there, there's no no downside to that, and and you would you would argue or agree that having a really strong why probably makes being frugal that much easier. Well, if your why is if you're 25 years old and you want to be financially independent, say 55, so you can retire early, uh, that why when you're 25 is a little too far away. That 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 why is not a good why to be to be driving a 10-year-old a car when all your friends are driving brand new cars or leasing cars. That's not a good why. You need you need little whys along the way, you know, why you're doing this to, to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, you, you'll wake up one day and say, why am I driving this 10-year-old car again? I can't, I can't even remember, right? And you'll go out and buy yourself a $65,000 <laughs> I know we're not in the link section yet, but I do want to tangent off what you just said. And I, I want to ask you, what were some of your whys then that, that got you to to where you are? Um, I'm, I'm curious. Well, they kind of materialized along the way. So when I, I one of my whys was I was working a pretty comfortable job at a pretty stable employer. And all of a sudden I had twins and the math didn't make sense for me and my wife to both go out and work and pay daycare. We couldn't make that math work. So one of us had to stay home. So I needed to make enough money to support a family of four. 
And that became a really big why to go chase some more money and become a little more frugal. So I kind of worked the double-edged sword there. And then when you're, my kids got older and we, we lived in an okay neighborhood, but I, I really didn't, wasn't comfortable with the neighborhood. So I wanted to get into a nice neighborhood. There's another why. So I, I still wanted to be frugal in my home ownership, but I didn't want to live in a, um, a, a questionable neighborhood for my, where my kids' safety might be in question. So that became a why. And then um, I wanted to make sure we could safely travel from point A to point B without a breakdown. you got a young family. You don't want to be on the side of the highway in some bad weather, a dangerous situation. So I made owning a reliable car maybe... Uh, a little more important, but still be frugal with it. So all my whys came along as a little signpost along the way, but not losing sight of the being financially independent at 55 so I could retire. That was sort of the, the, uh, the whys kind of materialize. If you're, if you're open to seeing them, they will appear as you go through life. So just to confirm, you're saying that by, by coming across all of those those moments those signposts every time that gave you the opportunity to take that frugal route or the route and or the route that was in line with your financial goals yeah if i needed to become if if money got tight i i turned to frugality and also i would try to chase a bit of income too but the frugality just seemed to be uh, more readily available. There was there was always a frugal option, a f- frugal lever I could pull in life. Whereas the incomes is it's you're kind of at the mercy of of the economy, your employer, your skill set. I mean, to to get an increase in pay, it requires it, it's not all in your control, right? You you have you have only so much control to increase your income. And and it's it's funny that you mentioned that because that really I that really closely relates to some of the comments that we're going to bring up. So I'm I'm eager to get to the upvote section. Um, I I do want to jump now to the link, and I know you have already touched on different aspects that this that relates to your personal experience. But for you, in I guess in general has frugality the idea of frugality at a young age i i, I want to kind of zero in on uh, maybe connecting more to your upbringing early 20s at that point when you were younger w- did you kind of have a sense of of how important income versus frugality was and and what did the kind of the, the scale w- look like at that point in terms of one tipping tipping heavier than the other you know, I, I have an, an uncle. When I was younger, my this uncle told me he had. He, whenever I went to visit this uncle, he had the fanciest stuff. He had a, a fancy pool and a hot tub, and his house was just. He would re-renovate his house every five years, and he drove the fanciest cars, and everything was luxury in his life. And I remember going to visit him, and saying, "Wow, this is, uh, this is an amazing. You know, I feel like I'm on a a movie set every time I come to visit you." And he said, you know, I'm a terrible saver, but I'm a great payer backer. You know, that was his comment. He, he which, which said, all this is financed. Everything you see here is on credit. That's what, he, that's what he was trying to tell me in so many words. And he had a great job with a great income. And 
yet to create this life, he had to borrow money to do it. And that was kind of my, oddly enough, somebody doing the opposite is what really was my motivator. My, you know, I, I, I never want to be a great payer backer. <laughs> I decided I never want that burden. The problem with, with an extravagant lifestyle, just say, so he's obviously spent more money than he earned to create that lifestyle. But let's just say you spend every penny you make to create the lifestyle you've got with the, the lifestyle that has no frugality in it, but it, it eats up all your income. And just say you have a really good income. Well, you all of a sudden, you might not know it, but you're, the way you carry on not losing that great income on your shoulders day after day after day, it, it wears you down. You, you don't realize it. And the time I realized how much weight I was carrying just living my frugal lifestyle but still needing my income was the day the math said, hey, you're financially independent. When that math checked out, I said, wow, I can't believe. Actually, you know what? The day I paid off my mortgage, I, I couldn't believe the weight that I lifted off my shoulders. Had no idea I was carrying it ever. And the the day I woke up and we made that last mortgage payment, I thought, I can't believe this. Like I, I, when I walk across the grass, it feels different. <laughs> it didn't, but you get the idea. It, it's, it's just mind blowing. So if, if, if you think you're going to do life with a great income and, and spend all that money and, and ignore frugality, you will carry an extra burden with you that you won't know until it's gone. It's, it's, it's interesting that at that young age, you were able to kind of see that example, which really catapulted you into kind of how you lead your life. And it's true. You, you, when you have a, when you, regardless of your income, you still have to develop those skill sets. And for you, when you kind of were getting into your working career and, and making, and making assumingly less than you do now, because you just indicated that early on in your career, you, you do generally make less than, than you will make later on how how important were was that for you or how naturally did those frugality skills develop or were the kind of skills that were set in place when you're younger and and how throughout the years have you balanced that increase of income versus uh, maintaining that frugality what what does that look like i guess the evolution is is more the question i i have for you well, you know, I, I had, so I mentioned I had twins. I actually have three children and I put them all through post-secondary education and I, I cash flowed the whole thing. The, the, all the, all their education was completely cash flowed. Not a single minute of debt was ever incurred putting three children through post-secondary education. And that was all cash flowed, not well through a pretty good income, but through frugality. And what got me when I got to the other side of that, paying off that paying, putting those kids through school, I realized it took a, you know, so the twins, that was four years. Then my youngest one was another two years. So six, say six, seven years of, of post-secondary education, almost a decade, we'll call it just short of a decade of, of financing my kids' education through frugality. I got to the other end and I said, you know what? I've been living this long without this extra money. Do I really need to all of a sudden, do I, do I need that money? Like my life hasn't been miserable for the last decade. Do I really need to start spending all this money that I used to put toward education? Can, do I, do I need to spend that now or can I just save it? 
And because my life didn't suck for the, that decade, I, I enjoyed myself. I, I just enjoyed aspects of life that didn't cost a lot of money. And I, I actually amassed more money than I could ever imagine for retirement because of that frugal decade or seven years that I had to go through. That was a, a gift. It sounds like a burden, but it turned out to be a gift. So now when I retire, I need less money in retirement than I thought I was going to need because, again, my life doesn't suck with the money I'm currently spending. I'm enjoying life quite nicely. And it was that frugal experience that I, I gained that, that, that vision, that, that, a, that, that realization, that euphoric moment that, hey, you don't need to spend all this money to enjoy life. Like I was enjoying it. I found ways to enjoy life without extra money. Wow, there there is so much to to unpack from from that example. And first of all, it kind of sounds like uh, as much as your kids can thank you for putting them through school, you can thank them. I'm I'm, I'm kidding, but that's uh, it's a very very illustrative example. And I I, I guess I want to go back. I want to circle back to the kind of the beginning of that process. And I guess ugh, before that too, for our listeners at home can you kind of paint them a picture just uh so they kind of understand what that frugality looked like you weren't what were you what were you up to um as your kids were living frugally during their post-secondary experience um kind of on that student living budget what did that look like for you at, at your end because oftentimes and we've talked about this before on, on our previous uh I guess the season one of simple money solutions how when when the, when become an empty nester, parents become empty nesters, and their kids go off to school. Sometimes that looks their the lifestyle at home changes because they're kind of uh, taking opportunities that they they didn't while their kids were there. So paint for a paint a picture for our listeners, but what that looked like for you and your wife when when you were making that kind of whole process work. So a good example would be me and my we we learned to really enjoy nature, and we our vacations would we'd go camping, and we. We used to go camping with the kids because that's the vacation we could afford. And then when the kids went off to school, we would we went camping on vacation and enjoyed it uh, without the kids at a whole other level. And we we have become nature enthusiasts, I'll call us, that we never thought we would ever become. And that's an example. But when my kids went off to post-secondary, we... A lot of times what happens when you become an empty nester is people will buy the home of their dreams, the house they no longer need but always wish they had, the the 3,000 square foot, four bedroom, you know, family room, living room, dining room, uh, ensuite, four bathrooms, double car garage. They're buying the house they wish they had when they had a young family. They're buying it when they become empty nesters. Why? Because they have the extra money to do it. But they don't need that house. They actually need a smaller house. They should be downsizing. But quite often you see empty nesters do that. We stayed in the same house we raised our kids in. Uh, it was paid for. We're, we're looking to downsize now. We've been in this house for 24 years. We're looking to downsize. It's just becoming, it's too much work to keep up. But the, the, our, our life didn't change. We kept living the same life, frugal life we did when the kids lived at home. When they were off at school, we just kept living that same frugal lifestyle. And that extra money put the kids through school. I just think, and I think it's important to kind of preface 
that while your while your children were at school making those financial sacrifices, living that student life, you and your wife were were kind of were 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 kind of leading the same frugal frugal life as well. And and just to just to conf- just for more context for our listeners as well, the money that um, that you put your kids through school with. Um, that came from paying, uh, finish paying off your mortgage. So I guess, can you, can you maybe speak to that process and how that lined up for, for anyone who hasn't, isn't kind of been with us for, for the last uh, few years and, and understanding that situation. So if we back it up a bit, so we, we bought a house and we paid the mortgage off in 15 years. Yes. 15 year mortgage. It can be done now, not in Canada's most expensive cities, but I don't, I live in a something less expensive than Canada's most expensive cities, but 15 years, we paid off our mortgage and then it, it coincided with, and it wasn't a coincidence, the mortgage was paid off, the kids, the twins started post-secondary education. So the money that was going to the mortgage payments and because we paid it off in 15 years, they were pretty big mortgage payments. So they we, we were very aggressive and that money easily covered what it cost to put the kids through school, uh, cash flowing it, year by year. So that that's kind of, and so when I said we went this long, so we went 15 years plus, you know, another seven years of the kids going through school, not needing this big chunk of money that was making either mortgage payments or college and university payments. So that money, we and then, so when we finally became empty nesters and the kids were out on their own, we no longer, we, we didn't all of a sudden say, hey, we should start spending that money on on stupid stuff. <laughs> we, we didn't, you know, start filling our driveway with $65,000 trucks and TVs that take up a whole wall. We, di- we didn't buy that stuff because we weren't missing that. And I, I know I know we're taking kind of real side tangent here, but I, I think that painting that pictures, that context is really important because you hear, oh, we cash, flo- we cash flowed children through school. And that's a very, um, very, it's a big statement. And and a listener could be wondering, oh, how, how, oh, that must be their situation. That is lucky. That's fortunate. But I I think that that context about this, this, I want to say sacrifices, but they were, they were in line with your why really made way to being able to make that possible and make that doable. Another question I do have around our, our kind of our, our segue away from, well, it's in line with, but it's, it's a little bit of a tangent is the, I guess it's, it's behind the why. And obviously, I guess what I find very unique about the way that you, that this worked for, for you and your wife from, from paying off the mortgage to cash flowing your kids through school is it's kind of like paying off a mortgage. There was this definitely that sense of it's not for savings because money it was money was going out, being cash flowed out. But afterwards, you you and your wife recognized the 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 kind of the for savings that had been implemented through through kind of a means of, of necessity. Yeah, we we you just get in a rhythm, right? You you just realize you don't need that money and you don't need to inflate your lifestyle. So getting back uh, on track, we're, we're still in the segment of the link right now. And, and before we jump right into the upvote, I just want to throw something in. I'm going to kind of step on a little bit of a soapbox here just to, just to provide a little bit of, I guess, something that I've noticed. Um, and this goes back to your pillar theory about the, the three different kind of pillars that you can spend money on. And I live in an area right now where the cost of living, so the cost of, of the one pillar, the housing, 
is is very low, relatively low, but the incomes made by the individuals here are very high just due, due to the industries that, that exist here. So it's this very unique dynamic I haven't seen anywhere else. But the thing is that the last pillar of, of I guess, um, experiences or or entertainment is is high so that's we're looking at we're looking at toys we're looking at four-wheelers um boats as uh snowmobiles all of those type of of kind of um entertainment so it's it's interesting seeing the that kind of side come out in in terms of um, you can definitely lose your mind on that side. So it's, it's interesting seeing the dynamic come, come into play when we're looking at that, this, at this topic specifically. So I, let's jump in now to the upvote. So this is our third segment, and this is where we read uh, some of our final comments before jumping into the fourth segment, the solution where we offer up practical takeaways based on everything we've kind of discussed throughout the episode. So Trevor, I want to jump now into the upvote. And, and as I mentioned earlier, some of these comments we've actually kind of, of alluded to. So I'm going to, I'm going to jump into them. And, um, the first one is it's easier to be more frugal with money because there are a set of rules you can follow that are fairly universal, or at least ones that apply to most people. Increasing your income is dependent on a much wider variety of factors that uh, personal finance Canada can't really give too much advice on. It's a combination of education, experience, networking skills, relationship building, abilities, uh, work ethic, industry, and overall job market for your skills. Way too many variables to give any advice on a one-size-fits-all advice. I like that comment. I kind of like, you know, I focused on the one thing they said, a set of rules. I really like the rules when it comes to frugality. And you can apply a set of rules... I have what I call it a value system that I have. And I'll give you an example. For instance, I never buy new cars. I only buy used cars. So if I'm ever at a car lot and the deal of the century is presented to me to buy this new car, you know, one day only, you know, we're discounting them like you've never seen. I don't have to be tempted by that because I have a rule. I don't buy new cars. I only buy used cars. Even if I could afford, and I can't afford a new car, I just don't believe in buying new cars. I buy used cars. So I have a, a value system, and it's it's really rule-based, like this person, this comment suggested. Another, here's a rule I've imposed. These are just frugal rules I've imposed on myself. So one is, I never order alcohol with a meal at a restaurant, ever. I figure the meal is entertaining and special enough I don't need to add alcohol to that. I can afford the alcohol. I just have a rule. It was a frugal rule way back when I needed to be, but I, I've just continued to do it and it works for me. I don't order alcohol with a meal at a restaurant. Now, it's not to say I wouldn't go out for some drinks with some friends and just order drinks, but if I'm ordering a meal, there's no alcohol. So that's that's a value system, a rule-based value system I have that keeps frugality really easy. You can apply it across, like they said, all aspects of your life. But but the the income, it's kind of you only have so much control, right? It, it and and you know what something, and I'm gonna give this away, this will be part of my solution. Your income can be taken away from you at a moment's notice. Your frugality, you get to keep for life. 
No, absolutely. And it's that control piece really leads well into another comment that I, I, I was worth mentioning. It's, it, it's, um, so it goes like this because a, cent, a central tenet of per, uh, responsible personal finance is focusing on what you can control. Changing my spending, saving, and investment choices, retirement date, and retirement goals are all within my control. Everyone should get paid more, is not. That's why it's curled Personal Finance Canada rather than Macroeconomic Advan- Advocacy Canada. You know, and I think I, I'm going to say it's the uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, that book. I'm pretty sure that's the book where they talk about the the lo- locus of control. I might have the wrong word there. But the, the, the book really focuses on, on control what you can control and let go of the things you can't control. And you can only control so many aspects of your income. You, you, you should really be highly invested in it, but, but you can only control so many aspects of that. And frugality has some limiting controls too, right? Like you need to eat, you need to pay taxes, you got to buy gas for your car. So you, the fact that you have to buy gas to make your car go is you can't choose to buy, you know, some other source of fuel. Your car needs gas. Gas has a market price. So you, you, you have, but I think you, you can choose not to drive your car. You can choose to change the food that you eat for groceries to something that's more economical. So I think control is a big element of, of control what you can control. And you can have far more control over frugality than you do income. Another comment that I, th- I think will, will resonate with you, Trevor, but one that is is in, is is pertinent to discuss what we're talking about income versus versus frugality the two different kind of levers to pull is why do the leafs concentrate on trying to improve their goaltending when really they should be focused on scoring more goals you know i i'm i am a big hockey fan and you know <laughs> so this is only going to resonate with hockey fans so goaltending is i think i've heard goaltending is 60% of the game goaltending is unless you don't have any goaltending then it's 100% of the game so if if you have no frugality in your life sorry frugality can affect you know we'll just use a number 60% of your life but if you have no frugality in your life that spending will consume 100% of your personal finance problems does that make sense? Yeah. And I guess, too, what came to mind when I was reading that, which I kind of wanted your thoughts on, was the fact that it's kind of the chicken and the egg, which one came first? Because would you say that you you need you need a sizable income in order to employ frugality strategies? Like you, you need it's, so it's kind of like which which one is is comes first or should be priority? And I, obviously frugality does, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear your your thoughts on the dichotomy between the the both? Well, you at some point, okay, if, if you want early financial independence in life, at some point you have to earn an above average income. That is a requirement as far as I'm concerned. You, frugality has a floor. You, you can only get so frugal and next thing you know, you're living on the street eating out of a dumpster, right? Like, I mean, frugality has a floor. You can only go so frugal. Income in theory, has no ceiling, right? It, you you could keep chasing income and maybe getting it, 
So that that is the and so a lot of people focus on income because because it, it seems limitless, right? There is no limit to how much you can make. Look at some of the, you know, Jeff Bezos. He makes a lot of money. Uh, Steve or Tim Cook for Apple makes a lot of money. Like the ceiling is limitless. The floor there is a floor to frugality. So th- that it, you got to keep that in mind that like you can only push the frugal lever so far. Branching off that, would you say that it is? easier to earn more money than it is to be frugal and i say easier in quotes because we do know that earning more money comes along with um more responsibility and 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 all of that you don't just you make more money for a reason but what do you say and i don't want to use the word lazy way but you know do you know what i'm trying to get at with with respect to what's kind of going to take more effort or, or 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 involve more yeah more effort at the end of the day income a good income can be very elusive, hard to find, right? And when you get it, it usually uh, a higher paying jobs come with more stress. So I don't think it's the lazy way. I think if you have a higher paying job, it's stressful in two ways. The work itself is probably stressful. That's why you're being paid the a good the good salary that you're being paid because the, the job is very demanding. And the other element of stress is if you were to lose that job, replacing that income be, is a is a point of stress, right? So it, it's kind of stressful on two fronts. So I would say the income thing is the more challenging thing and it takes a lot more of life's energy to go get it than to be frugal unless being frugal means being cheap. Then that aspect of life, if, if frugality translates to cheap for an individual, then that is an exhausting lifestyle. So they, they, that, they, they both can be uh, very hard or easy. No, I, I, I like that perspective a lot. One other, a few other actually comments that are worth, worth mentioning is that, um, so one person says that is say generically cutting costs benefit the average Canadian better. Any individual could increase their income. The average Canadian will stay relatively the same. It's kind of like how anyone could get a better job, but not everyone can. And this is combined with uh, another comment that's kind of worth tucking in with it, but just make more money. And that one is thrown in just because it's it's easier said than done, as we've been discussing. Yeah, you just just make more money. That's that's definitely um, easier said than done. So I I wouldn't. uh, I don't know that that one is. I mean, you, you've got to bring value to a company, right? That To an organization to get paid. you got to bring something that they need. And it usually comes in the form of, of education and experience. And those things take time. They, you, you can't get an education overnight that, that people want. And you can't, um, you can't get experience until you put in the time to get it. There's three other comments that are definitely worth mentioning. So we're gonna we're gonna cover those before we we move on to the the fourth segment, this takeaway. One and this kind of came up earlier in our conversations, but um, it's it's you can't outspend any income. It's like how you can't outrun a bad diet. If you can address the part of you that needs to compulsively spend money on shiny new things, then you can gain much more meaningful meaningful control of your financial future than if you get a raise at work and spend it all the next day. 
Yes, this is going to be part of my solution. Uh, is is you can uh, outspend a great income uh, through lifestyle inflation. I I think you you have to decide upfront on a lifestyle that you want to live. It can evolve, but you have to commit to a a given lifestyle, and whatever it is you've you've created, you work toward achieving that lifestyle. That, that that cost of living. And once you get there or you get close to it or get comfortable with, with a lifestyle, then stop inflating it. Just stop wanting more. We we live in a land of we they, I've heard this. So in our culture, in the Western culture, we live to want. And in the Eastern culture, I've never visited, but I've heard and read, they want to live. So we live to want, and they want to live. So that I, I think our culture is just driven to want more all the time. And you've got to get off that treadmill and be happy with with a lifestyle. Pick your lifestyle. You know, put a vision together and say, I want to live in a neighborhood like this. I want to drive a car like this. I want to go on vacations like this. Aim for that. Get as close as you can, but don't keep chasing a bigger house, a fancier car, and a more extravagant vacation. If you keep chasing those things, you will gobble up every extra dollar you earn. No, I, I could not agree more with that. And and before we before we move on, I, I do want to mention one final uh, comment here. And it says the most financially stable people I know aren't the ones with high incomes. They're the ones with sensible spending habits and good impulse control. And this goes along with another comment that that basically indicates that people who the wealthiest people are the ones who have mastered the art of frugality. I would agree with that. They, you know, a lot of times you see uh, an inflated lifestyle. And when I see like fancy homes and, you know, high-end home re- house renovations and fancy cars, I don't see wealth. I see consumption of wealth. I see wealth being consumed. So I, when I see fancy vehicles, I don't think, well, that guy must have a ton of money in the bank as well, right? If you, if you have a, a new $40,000 kitchen, I can only imagine your bank account is just, you know, just bursting at the seams with money. And, you know, you got a Mercedes in the driveway. I can only imagine you, you just got money just falling out of your pockets everywhere you go. Chances are, chances are the things you're looking at are the consumption of that person's wealth, not, not a, uh, a glimpse into the amount of wealth they have. So I, I want to transition now onto our final segment, the the solution. And, and I know you've sprinkled in a lot of your uh, solutions throughout the show, but is is there any kind of final takeaways or 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 summaries that that we can leave our, our listeners with at the end of end of this episode? Well, for this person that wrote the post, here's a simple little Reddit hack. <laughs> this is going to seem kind of kind of um, obnoxious, but the Personal Finance Canada subreddit has eight hundred twenty three thousand members, and there's currently one thousand eight hundred members online as we speak. There's another subreddit called Careers, and this is the one you should go to who wrote this post. It has 13,000 members, and there's currently three people online as we speak. 
not as popular, this one. So I'm thinking if you want to chase, if you want advice about income and in jobs and how to get a higher income, go to the career subreddit. It's a very lonely place compared to the Personal Finance Canada subreddit, but there's probably people in there who are going to talk about career advice, how to chase more income. Like I'm just looking through it right now. There's a, there's a ton of stuff here. So um, that's you're just in the wrong subreddit. That that's the 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 short answer to this post. But the the my other perspective is personal finance is a double edged sword. The the equation, the mathematical equation for personal finance is really simple. Earn, spend less than you earn, and invest the difference. That is personal finance in a nutshell. That's as simple as it gets. Everything else is just noise. So spend less than you earn, invest the difference. You win at personal finance every time. So in doing that, you need to be working the double-edged sword. You need to be chasing a, a above average income for where you live. And you need to be, I'm going to say, above average frugal for the society that you live in and be a good investor with the difference. And if those things all work out, then early in life, you will be financially independent. And I think that is something everybody should chase. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode. We were looking at, again, the post, why does personal finance Canada concentrate on trying to be super frugal to save money when we should really be focusing on increasing our income thank you so much for joining us for this episode you can always connect with us over on social our social media platforms along with uh, posting your question in the personal finance canada subreddit with ask sms for simple money solutions in your post so that we can identify it and, and feature it on a future episode as as one of our topics thank you so much for listening and we'll see you back here next week